the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org. We are made for God, and we are made for each other. And listen, in that order, made for God and for each other. And if we don't get the order right, then nothing else really matters. It seems everywhere you look today, relationships are strained. Hate is on the rise, and people just can't find a way to get along. But there is a way that we can love the ones we love the least. And Pastor Morris is going to explore how that's possible when God is placed first and His overcoming power is released. You see the scriptures, Genesis, Jeremiah, Matthew, and Mark. They're in your bulletin, but they're also on the monitors. Would you put the scriptures up for us to look at them now and read them together? Okay. Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God must have had something in mind, don't you think? All right, let's go on to Jeremiah 27, 5. With my great power and outstretched arm, I made the earth and its people and the animals that are on it and I give it to anyone I please. Matthew 19, verse 4. At the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. Mark 10, 6. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Now, there are many, many other scriptures in the Old and New Testament that tells us of God's intervention in bringing about a human race that God did this and God doesn't do anything without purpose does he God just doesn't waste time he didn't just make people to make people he had something in mind when he made people when he made you when he made me hey did God make you are you here by design By the purpose of God? Or did you just come walking out of the woods somewhere? No. Corinne and I were at IHOP having lunch. And uh, there was a lady that came in. She must have been maybe 35, 37 years old. She had a little four-year-old boy. Really a handsome little guy. And this lady sat down in the booth right right in front of us. There was a line of booths. And we were eating our lunch, and she turned around and looked into our booth and said something to us, very kind and gracious, very friendly. And uh, I don't remember what, the, what it was that she said. But at the, 
end of our meal, we were just about ready to leave, and I asked the server to bring me the, the bill. And the server said, that lady there in that booth paid your, for your lunch. I never saw that lady in my life. I had no idea who she was. I was taken back, and when we got out of the booth, we walked over, talked to her little boy a little while, and I thanked her profusely for buying our lunch. This was an African-American lady, and I, I asked her, why did you do that? Something to that effect. And she turned and she looked away very contemplatively, and she said, what are we here for? Whoa, I was sort of taken back. Not sort of, I was taken back by that. And I, I didn't know what to say. I, it just so caught me off guard. What are we here for? And I've been thinking about that lady's statement and looking for her. Never saw her before, never, never seen her after, and that's been a little while ago. What are we here for? Well, the Bible has some answers to that. But you need to ask yourself, and I need to ask myself, what am I here for? Why am I breathing God's air? Why does God put that air in my lungs and food in my stomach? And give me a mind that can think and hold down a position and earn money for the family. Why am I here? Why does God do all of this? It's like I asked the lady, why did you buy that meal? I think maybe we ought to take some time and think about it. The talents that God has given us, a variety of talents, different people with different talents, all to make about a coming together and a working together of a human race. Well, the God that brought us here in his word, the Bible, gives us an answer to that lady's question. What are we here for? The Bible clearly says, and we've read some of the scriptures, and I'll sum it up. We are here for God and for each other. That's very broad, but we need to think about it. We are made for God, and we are made for each other. And listen, in that order, made for God and for each other. And if we don't get the order right, then nothing else really matters. And that's what's wrong with the world today. Basically, that's, that's the problem. We've got the order all wrong. We're trying to get along with each other, with all the, the, the race relationships and, and all the dysfunctional marriages and all the hurt and the pain. We're trying to get things fixed. And we're, we're here for people. But if we're not here first for God and get that fixed, Nothing else really counts. That's why everything is just about the same today as it was 100 or 200 years ago. Things haven't changed because people's attitude, their heart, their disposition, only the place that God can get in and get to has changed. We have passed more laws forcing one another, and, and we need to do that. We need to do that, but we need to do that after we have made things right with God. How are we going to make things right with each other when we're not even right with the person who birthed us and brought us here and put air in our lungs? You, are you thinking with me today? I've got to watch my mouth today. What I'm saying, we're going into a, 
quite a study, an in-depth study by Dr. Evans. And I'm encouraging the Blago Community Church to get involved. Why has Dr. Evans produced such a study as this? I don't know him. I saw him and shook hands with him one time and greeted him. But uh, for him to come up with a study like this, and I have found out in the last several months that churches all across America are being disrupted even by people in the church saying things, pointing out mistakes, criticizing, and never and, and, and never repenting of it. You just do this kind of thing and then go on like you never did it. Friend, don't come to the holy altar to take communion. Leave your gift at the altar and be reconciled to your brother and sister. Then come to the altar and take communion. Otherwise, Paul the Apostle said, some of you sleep. You are dead because you didn't respect the Lord's Supper and take it properly. Friend, God has an order. And when we get that order right, the other order will become right also. God help us. I think of the churches of America. We have been quarantined. Now, the devil doesn't want us to come to church. He doesn't want fellowship. He doesn't want the prayer of Jesus answered when Jesus prayed, Father, make them one, even as we are one. And here, this quarantine has come on for over a year now. Uh, And then snows and wintry weather and then sicknesses and 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 it just goes on and on. The devil's doing everything he can to tear the church apart. Don't let the devil use you to tear the church apart. I thank God for the unity and oneness and love that we have here at the Largo Community Church. I'm so thankful. But Dr. Evans has sensed it. I have sensed it. All across America, churches are fighting for their life. They're trying to breathe celestial air. And there's nothing but evil destruction, pain, and sorrow. Then, what are we here for? Let's answer that question with faith in God. We will return to today's message following an invitation for you to attend the Largo Community Church in person. This coming Sunday morning, we have returned to a live service in the church sanctuary starting at 9 o'clock and God's blessing as never before through music, fellowship, prayer, and the preaching of God's Word by Pastor Jack Morris. The Church of Friendship and Joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved, welcomes you this Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Now, let's return to the conclusion of the message for today. There's a man that I met some time ago named the Reverend Dr. Vic Foth. He was one time president of Bethany College, which became Bethany University in California. He would come into Washington, D.C. and meet with executives very often. And there was a missionary couple uh, that needed some family counseling. And he contacted me and had that couple come from Virginia over here for counseling for a number of sessions. This was quite a while ago. Dick Foth. We had lunch together one day, and I talked to him on the phone two times. That's my 
contact with Dick Foth. He lives in Colorado Springs, Colorado now. Dick Foth, a great man of God, he tells the story of a time when he spoke to a university student and he said, with one word, I want you to name your generation. What's one word that would describe your generation? And do you know what that young university student said? The one word that would describe my generation, this age is overwhelmed. And Dr. Foth asked him, he said, overwhelmed? What is overwhelming you? He said, information. He said, we are getting information like the world has never gotten information before. And what, what is going on at the moment is that in the last 5,000 years, all of the information that has been brought together over a period of 5,000 years, this year, one year will outdo five years of information. One year, we're going to get more information this year than was gathered in the last 5,000 years. He said, we're overwhelmed with information. Amazing statement that this young man had to say. That it's a Niagara of information. We are drowning in information. We talk to dozens of people every week. Facebook, Twitter, the telephone, Zooming. We talk and talk and talk. We, quote, know a lot of people, but we don't know anyone. We know how to talk. We know how to give information. But we don't know how to give ourselves. That's what this generation of young people think of us. God help us. We need a revival. We need God. And God is ready to come to our aid and bless and to help us and minister to us. God help us. C.S. Lewis you may have heard of him. He's in heaven now. Uh, a great uh, lay theologian. He was a university professor at the University of Cambridge and also the University of Oxford. He portray portrayed mankind as bent. Like you're bent? As bent. And when he was inquired, how do you, why do you portray mankind as bent? He said, we are bent. We are hunched over our laptops, typing away, typing away, typing away, sending information, talking, but never giving ourselves. You can't give yourself over Twitter and over Facebook and over a laptop. We, we are a generation bent. We are a generation looking down at our laptops. Friend, God help us so we'll look up and believe and trust God and call on him. Bent. The digital age. Also referred to as the age of the great alone. We have lots of people. But we're still lonely. I don't know you. Oh, I know your name, your address. We talk, we, we joke, we laugh. We talk about sports and politics. To ever get to know you and you to ever get to know me, that's something altogether different. 
We call God Father, but we all don't act like we're of the same family. Friend, let's talk to God. Now, Jesus calls us friends. He called us friends in John 15, 15. We call people friend, but not the way Jesus called people friend. No, there was an intimacy, a relationship. He was never harsh with anyone. And he never went around pointing out anybody's fault. The woman who was taken in adultery, he took his finger and he wrote in the sand and he told all those accusers, well, we know how to accuse. We know how to point the finger. Friend, this has been the Jesus sign for years, right? Not this way, this way. Jesus said, he that is without sin casts the first stone. Stop throwing stones. Let's throw prayers. You can't throw stones and throw prayers at the same time. Or you think you can. But you can't. I can't. And Jesus looked at that lady and said, where are your accusers? Who condemned you? And she says, no one, Lord. He said, neither do I condemn you. Now, that's how Jesus talks. Neither do I condemn you. Even when you make Big mistakes. Not a mistake that you wrote something in a letter or said something over the phone uh, or in Twitter or whatever. No, Jesus doesn't condemn. And if you have Jesus, you won't condemn either. If I have Jesus, I won't condemn either. Now, Jesus enjoyed the company of people. He was not a person who isolated himself, not at all. Do you know that Jesus went to wedding parties? And at the wedding party, the wedding reception, they drank wine and they ran out of wine and he turned the water into wine. Jesus loved people. He loved people. He would often go to the home of Mary, Mary Martha, and Lazarus. He loved those three siblings. He enjoyed being with them. He took his disciples to see them. Jesus would go to Capernaum to the Apostle Peter's house. He spent more time at the Apostle Peter's house than in any other one house. Some thought that was really his headquarters. Remember, Peter's mother-in-law had the fever and he touched her and healed her and she got up and ministered. You see, Jesus was raised in a family. He had brothers and sisters, and he loved family. And every chance he got, he would get with the family. He loved people. And then he appointed 12 disciples, and he called them apostles. You know why he appointed them? So that he could be with them, and they could be with him. I looked at that word, with. You want Jesus, you want those 12 men to be with you? You see, the word with is a functional word. It's something you do. You, you get with somebody. And you see, friendship with Jesus was not just a word and not just a, a, a Twitter or Facebook or hunched over a computer looking down. We're all going to have bad backs here at the rate we're going. Uh, but to be with him. 
But I, I have to close now, and I, I will. When Jesus went into Gethsemane, I'm talking about Jesus loving people and being with people and wanting people to be with him. Jesus went into Gethsemane, and he asked the disciples. He took them with him. With, there's that word again. He, in the upper room, he instituted the Lord's Supper that we're going to participate in next Sunday. He took them into Gethsemane, and he asked the majority of them to stay here. But notice, he took Peter, James, and John with him. He went in there with company. Friend, we need to love one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to get on the telephone and call one another. Minister Mazza listed a number of people of the congregation who are ill, and he gave those names to the board of directors of the Largo Community Church and asked them to call. And sure enough, those men are making calls, and those people are being blessed and helped because they know somebody cares enough to pick up the phone and dial their number. It only takes a couple of minutes to get it done. And Jesus fell on his face and sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. And then he got up and he went back to his friends, his buddies, his partners, those three intimate ones. And they were asleep. And he said, what? He said, you, you couldn't stay awake? I brought you with me. I brought you deeper. And you went to sleep on me. Couldn't you watch with me one hour? He went back and prayed again. Came back and they were asleep again. Go ahead and sleep. Friend, don't go, on, don't go to sleep on the job loving one another. Don't do that. God help me not to do that. Help us, Lord, to care for one another and love one another. Jesus said, you're my friends. That's friendship. He loved people. Let's call one another. Maybe say a prayer over the phone. Write a note or a card. All the cards that came in for Corinne when she was very, very ill. And thank God for brothers and sisters in Christ, for the church, for the family of the Lord. Friend, let's get it right. But get it right with him. If you get it right with him, no question about it. It'll just, you'll become right with everybody else. But if you keep... Working down here, trying to get it right with everybody else, and you don't get it right with him. I'm talking about Christians getting it right. Friends, some Christians have already crossed over the line. They need to cross back over the line. And there's a merciful, marvelous Savior that forgives very quickly and very easily. All we need to do is go to him at all honesty and say, God, this is what I've done. This is what I've said. This is how I've acted. Man, it's gone before it even comes out, into, out of your mouth. What a Savior. And you will again know the joy of the Lord, the blessing of God, and be able to come to this communion table next Sunday and meet Jesus in a new and living way. You'll go away thinking, I didn't know it was so wonderful. I'm enjoying God like the Shorter Catechism, Westminster Catechism. I'm enjoying God, and I will enjoy Him forever. We hope that the message today, made for God and made for each other, has encouraged you to focus on what God is doing around you and can do through you in loving and accepting others. Thank Him today for the boundless love and care He shows to all those who seek Him. 
and the amazing ways He works in using you to fulfill His perfect will. Before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris with a special invitation. I want to thank you for listening to The Healing Word. I pray deeply that you are finding healing through God's Word emotionally, mentally, physically. You can be part of The Healing Word ministry by praying and giving financially. Others need to hear God's Word and receive God's healing touch, and you can be God's instrument in reaching out to them by supporting The Healing Word with your prayers and financial gifts. Friend, I need your help. I truly thank you and bless you in the name of Jesus for your prayers and financial support. Go to Largo Community Church website, largocc.org. That's L-A-R-G-O-C-C.org for the mailing address and to learn more about The Healing Word Ministries. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. The Healing Word is a ministry of the Largo Community Church and exists to grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on The Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. You can also mail a check made out to The Healing Word to 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20721. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.